0: this is a holy baptist church podcast bringing you into a community in which everyone is welcome lives are changing and jesus is king thanks for listening with us today we would invite you to subscribe so you can keep up to date with us but for now we pray you enjoy listening for what god has in store for you in this episode and that helps change your life for the better in jesus name. enjoy
1: Good morning. Welcome to our live stream service from Holy Baptist Church on this the uh, first Sunday in December. Um this week we're starting a, a new sermon series um called The Gift and what we're thinking about today is peace on earth. So I believe there's a little intro video. Oh uh, yeah. Yeah. Uh. Just
0: coming. Jesus Christ coming to dwell among us as a gift from God. And he was not just a wise man who taught us to be kind and love one another. He was God's son who was instrumental in the greatest part of God's plan to restore our lives. But beyond his physical presence among us were so many other invaluable gifts. This month, as we lead up to the celebration of Jesus arriving in our world, we want to unwrap these gifts together. The gifts of Jesus, being peace on earth, our new and restored identity, Himself, Jesus, as a gift, the gift of joy, and also the gift of renewed hope. Join us as we explore Jesus Christ, the gift. Merry Christmas, everyone. Good morning. My name is Dan, so Children and Family Pastor here at Holy Baptist. I have my welcome this morning, especially if you're new. Love to see new people. Um, it's my joy to be with you this morning as we kick off our journey through Advent, um, focusing on the theme, here we go, of Jesus as the gift. Who could tell me the most memorable gift they've ever received? Most memorable gift you have ever received. Just shout them out. I don't need to. First car. That's a cool one. I think i remember that. Anybody else? A Barbie car. Yeah. There's a theme. There's a theme emerging. We remember our car gifts. One more. Motorbike. Motorbike and First Christmas. There you go. Let me tell you about my most memorable gift. Um, and this is going to age me a little bit. My most memorable gift was a PlayStation 2. All right. Specifically with the game, WWE Smackdown. Know your role. Wrestling game, right? And I'll tell you why I remember it. It's not just because it was a super awesome gift, which it was. Um, it was. I was probably about 13, 14 you might be able to start to guess my age now. I'm not going to tell you what it is. I'm older than I look. Um, I kind of mentioned that I want a PlayStation kind of in passing, like pretty late in the day. It's like mid-December maybe. And I know my mum, and she was like super organized. I was telling somebody earlier, I think probably by mid-November, my mum had bought all the presents, wrapped them, bagged them up, ready to go in the loft or wherever. She, I don't know where they went. They went somewhere. And she was ready by like mid-November. So I'd, I'd mentioned, I would like, oh, PlayStation would be cool with this game. And then I opened it on Christmas Day, this PlayStation 2. And I knew instantly that she'd gone out and got this specifically. Like like, on on top of all the other stuff she'd already bought me, she'd got me this PlayStation. And I remember I was about the age when you can't, I kind of understood the sacrifice buying presents is for adults, it's a lot of money. Um, And I just suddenly understood that she'd bought this just just to make me happy. That's all she wanted to do. Um, and, And it really moved me. And I understood what it means to give gifts to just give people joy, um, and that I, I remember that forever. I gave my mom a big hug, and she—I could see on her face that she just knew she'd kind of nailed it this time. Um, and it was really—I hope she knew that anyway. Um, and it was great. And God is the greatest gift giver ever because He gives us His Son, and that's what we remember at Christmas time. For the rest of this month, as we lead up towards Christmas Day, when we celebrate Jesus coming to the world to be with us, um, we're going to unpack together as part of this series the gifts, that all the different gifts that Jesus is to us. And the first one today that I'm going to do is the idea of him being peace on earth or the gift of peace on earth in Jesus. And actually, we're going to ask the question, where can we find this God's promised gift of peace? Before we do anything, let me pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for your son that you sent to the world to be with us. Thank you for the peace that we can have because of the hope that he brought with him. And I pray we discover that fresh this morning and be moved and changed forevermore. Amen. Amen. Let's go. Peace. (laughs) Peace in December. Like, isn't this just the most stressful time of the year? Like, that is what it is. The most wonderful time of the year. But it's also the most stressful time of the year. There's gifts, family, they're stressful. Friends can also become stressful this time of year. But you've got a budget. It's like Christmas is expensive. Work dues. So many work dues um secret santa anybody secret santa oh no um christmas cards, end of year workload sometimes it just gets busier especially if you work in the church um nativities trying to like juggle family life and work life and all that stuff tax return deadlines coming anybody just me oh i don't um and then there's this idea that jesus came to be peace on earth to all men um i'm sure that's a phrase we peddle around this time of year am i wrong about that we sort of talk about him being peddler. Where does that come from? Let's have a look. In the God, oh, where's my, what do we call it? The hoofah doofah. Hang on. I haven't been clicking. Peace on us as the theme today. Here we go. This is where it comes from. In the chapter two of a man called Luke wrote down his, his gospel account, the account of Jesus, and he writes this story about Jesus being born. The angels say, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth, peace to those on whom his favor rests. But I look around the world. And it seems to me that the whole world is anything but peaceful, which begs the question Have we misunderstood this promise from God? Or did God forget about peace? Like I turn up at my sister's house once Christmas day, knock, 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 open the door and realize I've left all the gifts at home. Whoops. Has God done that to us? Like, is it a promise peace and then it didn't come? Like, what's happened here? And I think that's not what happened. I think what's happened is we misunderstand maybe. the the concept of peace in this promise. Because if we get confused and we define peace as the absence of war and conflict, well there's plenty of that around at the moment and there's been plenty of that since Jesus was born on the earth and in fact there's been many wars and conflicts carried out in Jesus' name. Not necessarily at his request for the record but in his name. Now if we think about peace as being the absence of war and conflict then will be very disappointed i think with the suggestion that jesus is the gift of peace on earth because there doesn't seem to be peace in the world around us but there also doesn't seem to be peace in the world inside of us in our minds generally speaking we lack peace sometimes we're despondent or apathetic or just anxious particularly this time of year i read an article online um interesting They've they've named you know you get that feeling at this time of year when it gets dark and you get up in the morning and you go to work and it's dark you come home and it's dark and you just feel a bit flat because of the sort of season they called that a thing now it's called seasonal affective disorder or for short they just call it sad which I think is, is makes me smile again um, I think it's it's this time of year it's dark it's cold you know Christmas is coming and then it's even worse Christmas goes past we haven't got that to look forward to suddenly we're a lot poorer and um, we've got to turn the heating on that give you anxiety this time of year with the bills. Um, you know, the, there's this seasonal affective disorder, is what it's called. And anxiety is high, particularly in our younger generations. I looked up some stats for you. And in the 2022 survey of children, young people's mental health, I found 18% of children aged 7 to 16 had a probable mental disorder. And then among those aged 17 to 19, 25%. That's one in four. Children that age have a probable mental disorder in 2002. And that's kind of coming out of COVID um, when it was a bit higher, but pre-coronavirus sort of coronavirus and even now it's still high in young people. And then um, some really sad stats. 2021 in the UK, specifically in England, actually, just in England, I think I read this, over 5,000 people chose to end their life by their own hands. They killed themselves. Um, and men really are killing themselves at three times a greater rate than women. And there seems to be a peak between the age of 45 and 60, which I was quite surprised about. But peace does not seem to be readily available in the world around us. And it is struggling to fight the battle inside the soul of humanity as well. So what was this promised gift from God of peace on earth to all those on whom God's favor rests? And I think to truly understand the meaning of of the peace that God promised us, we need to kind of explore the the word peace a bit because in scripture in the bible sorry um it's not doesn't refer to like merely just the absence of conflict it's got more um of a concept to it than that um, and i had a little bit of a look and it's often translated in the bible the word peace we see in the bible is translated from a hebrew word which some of us might know anybody shalom shalom is this hebrew word there it is I put it in hebrew on the screen for you um I did once study a whole module of Biblical Hebrew at uh, Bible College when I was there, but I also don't remember any of it. So I did what you would have all done this week, and I Googled, like, what does Shalom mean? And um, I read a bunch of stuff, and here's what I decided was the most useful thing for us this morning, um, is a quote from a guy called, what was his name, Cornelius Plantinga, which is a cool name. Um, And he said, we call it peace, Shalom. Um, but it means far more than peace of mind or a ceasefire between enemies, which made me really happy because that's what I'd kind of written so far in my message. In the Bible, shalom means universal flourishing, wholeness and delight, a rich state of affairs in which natural needs are satisfied and natural gifts fruitfully employed, a state of affairs that inspires joyful wonder as its creator and savior opens doors and welcomes the creatures in whom he delights. Shalom, in other words, is the way things ought to be. So that's this kind of peace that I think we can think about when we read about the peace of God coming to the earth in Jesus Christ, which sounds what uh, sounds great. Sounds like a really nice thing. Wonderful even. Problem with that is, is I don't often feel like things are the way they ought to be. Sometimes that's hard to do. So having Googled that, found this quote, sat with it and read it and thought about it for a while, kind of went a bit round the bend in my head thinking, Oh, this is still really hard. Like, I'm struggling to figure out what the peace of Jesus is. And I thought, okay, let's, let me see if I can find somewhere that Jesus talked about peace, talked about shalom. That would be really helpful, Daz, um, which brought me to this verse. Um, straight well, I sort of thought this verse straight away. And I want us to go, if you, if you write down and take away nothing else today, write this down. It's these are the words of Jesus in John chapter 16, right at the end of the chapter. He tells us, disciples, all these things. I'll talk about them in a second. Um, but he says this. He says, I've told you these things so that in me you may have peace. That word, shalom. We're in the Greek, the same sort of thing. Um, in this world, you will have trouble, but take heart. I have overcome the world. So Jesus promises his followers peace in the middle of trouble. Let me say that again because that's a weird thing to say. Jesus promises his followers peace in the midst of their trouble. So this is a peace that kind of transcends or rises above suffering of any kind or this understanding of peace just being like feeling calm and wonderful and like everything's kind of all is well with the world. It takes, takes our understanding of peace to a new level. He says, you will have trouble, he says which I wish he didn't say. I wish he dropped in like, you might have trouble. That would have been a nice thing. Or, um, you know, if you have trouble, then don't take heart. Um, But he doesn't. He says, you will have trouble. And in fact, as they start that verse, he says, I've told you these things. Let me tell you some of the things he told his disciples. This is from John chapter 16. I'm just going to paraphrase this. The whole chapter is interesting. Go away and read it. It's good. He starts the verse. No, he says, you're going to be thrown out of the synagogue. He's going to get rid of you. You know, and the synagogue, that's really significant. That's their community. The synagogue is a part of the Jewish community. They're going to throw you out. And he says, people are going to, they're going to get killed. And the people who kill you, they're going to be thinking they're doing God a favor in doing that. Lovely. Thanks, Jesus. I'm going to go away and I'm going to leave you, he says. Because if I don't, the helper can't come. And he says, I've got loads more stuff I could tell you. but It's too much for you at the moment. I'm not going to tell you now. You're going to have to wait till the spirit comes and guide you in that truth. And then there's this wonderfully... Relatable moment. I was reading the chapter this week, and that all the disciples are sort of whispering amongst themselves, going, "What is he going on about? We just don't understand." Like he's talking about, if we're not going to see him for a bit, and then we're going to see him again. And they just, it's just they just, and we're all a bit confused. Is almost what it says in there. And Jesus kind of gets what, the vibe from them, and he says, "Like, Look, let me tell you what it is." And he tells them quite straight, he lays it out in a, a bit of an easier way for them to understand. In verse twenty of John sixteen, here we go, he says, "Very truly." I tell you, you will weep and mourn while the world rejoices. You will grieve, but your grief will turn into joy. And there we can find, I think, the secret to the peace of, of God, the peace that came in Jesus Christ is hope. Because Jesus gives them this idea, the hint of hope. He tells them, there's going to be a time coming and things are going to be so bad. You won't be able to see me, I'm going to be gone. And and the people around you are going to rejoice, and it's going to be miserable. You're going to be grieving, but your grief will turn to joy. And I think the peace of Jesus is rooted in hope hope that he has overcome the stuff of this world, and he's even overcome death. He came to the world, he died, and then he rose again, and he promised that those who believe in him will follow the same path. So, nothing else can frighten us, is the truth. doesn't always feel that way, but it's true. There's another story in the New Testament about a man called Lazarus, Jesus, one of Jesus' friends who dies, um, and Jesus isn't there, and then he turns up and he brings him back to life. Um, and everybody's amazed, and it's an incredible story. Um, and somebody, we studied this once in a little group I was part of, and somebody asked a question that stuck with me forever. Um, they said, what do you think people could have said to Lazarus, once he'd been raised from the dead, that would have frightened him any more? What could they have said to him? Nothing. They said, hey, Lazarus, I'm going to kill you. And he'd he's like, so? Like, I know Jesus. He's the master of life. And now I understand he's the master of death as well. He could kill me. He can bring me back if that's his will. Like, nothing could have frightened him anymore because he knew Jesus. And we know Jesus. And we could have that same peace, that same shalom, that same confidence because of That promise, you see, Jesus is like a big rock in the ocean. Sometimes I imagine like this, against which the waves and smash against it and the tides pulls and pushes past it and it remains unmoved. And in my lifetime, I've seen governments come and go and, um, you know, the superpower that was America um, just, just brought to its knees by two little planes that hit those towers all those years ago. Um, the mighty wealth of the Western world came crashing down in 2008 with all the financial stuff um, the, the pandemic just s- stopped the infrastructure of the earth um, which is crazy when you think about it um, and before my lifetime I sat and thought about this all week um, there's, the, there's the likes of Hitler who came with the Third Reich which he promised was going to you know, reign for a thousand years um, there were communist leaders whose names are now banned in the sort of countries they helped found and, and bring about Uh, Around the world, regimes, kingdoms, leaders' names were on our lips one second and then they're gone. And one name has just remained constant over the years. And it's the name of a tiny little baby born to a virgin in a very humble situation who grew up to be son of a carpenter and then died and came back to life as a saviour of the world. And that is the name of the person of Jesus Christ. And the peace gifted to us in Jesus, is not freedom from conflict. It's not freedom from war. It's not a peace we can sort of see or touch, but it's one that we can feel in our hearts, in our minds, and in our circ- in the middle of our circumstances. Not always in our circumstances, but in the midst of our circumstances. We will have trouble, but in Jesus, we can at the same time have peace and we can have Shalom, this idea that we can flourish because he has overcome the world. He's superseded that trouble. Are you following me? I'm looking right. Yeah, okay, nodded. We're good. Um, His peace raises us up above all the stuff to the heart of God, where he restores us to be God's children, to be God's children, adopted in this family um, and made well again. That is the peace that is gifted to us in the person of Jesus Christ. And what does that feel like? Is the Put it up there yeah what does peace feel like what does shalom look like i thought about this because it, sometimes it's lovely to talk about these things but you you kind of want to be out of ground it in an experience and all i can do is tell you talk about my experience i want to tell you a couple of stories both a little bit morbid i'm sorry it's christmas i know but um here we go i remember when my granddad died Years, years ago he had leukemia it was awful he was really sick um and, I went to his funeral. I wasn't, I wasn't a Jesus follower at the time, so I didn't have the hope in Jesus that I have now. But my family did. And I was at his funeral, and I was just wrecked. My, my granddad was like my hero, loved him, great man. He was a fantastic Christian leader, actually. And in his death, it kind of pointed me towards Jesus. Um, but that's, by the way, I'll tell you about that another time. Um, I'm at his funeral, and I'm just, just a mess. Really am, like, the opposite of peace in my heart was the thing. But my family had the hope that they would see him again in heaven. And I, I noticed the, the difference. I noticed that they had peace and I didn't have peace. And I wasn't jealous. I wasn't frustrated by it. It just intrigued me. Um, and I think ultimately that's what led um, on to me probably becoming a Christian, really, when I think about it. it. was They had this sort of hope that I didn't have. Um, and then the second story, last week, literally last week, um, I, I finished church here, jumped in my car, drove down to Portsmouth, where all my family are. And I went in to sit with my grandma, who has been sick for a long time. Um, and I was actually privileged in that moment to be the, the last person to sort of see her and be with her in a final, final moment. Um, and she was a lady who loved Jesus and she had the hope that she would go and be with him. And, I, and that this time, I also had the hope that I would see her again. And I had the hope that she would go and be with Jesus. and it. Felt different. It just felt different this time. It was the same situation. She was also very sick, um, and in that moment, I I had peace that she was going to be okay. That in the middle of my grief, look, like it was sad. Don't get me wrong. I was very sad. I am very sad that my grandma is no longer with us, um, and I was very privileged to be there with her and be able to you know sat there holding her hands and you know you'll be with Jesus and we love you so much. Um, it's going to be great. And she went to be with Jesus, and that that gives me peace, and I hope that I gave her peace in her final moments as well. Um, and in fact, if we have peace in Jesus, sometimes we, it's, it gives even more. And in that time with her family, I don't know many of them very well, um, I was able not just to have peace, but to share peace with them all of a sudden. And the roles are reversed. Um, and I said that they don't all um, believe in Jesus, follow Jesus. I said, would you mind if I prayed? Like she just died. And they sort of said, yeah, that's okay." And I was able to pray. Thank you, God, for her life. Thank you for the hope that I have that she will go to be with you now. Um, And that gives me peace. And um, it seemed it was it was different. And what I'm trying to say, I think, is if we have hope in Jesus and I had it this time when my granddad didn't have it, it was awful. And this time I had it, the hope that things were going to be okay because Jesus had overcome this death and sadness and it was all going to be okay. Um, it gave me the sense of shalom. And in that moment I was able to have peace and to share peace with those around me um, because of what Jesus. Did. I would, I don't I didn't I wasn't trying to be smug with them. You know, I wasn't trying to say, oh, if you thought like me, you could have peace as well. Like because I'd been, I had been, I think I was aware that I'd been where they'd been, I felt where they felt, and I don't want that for anyone, and God doesn't want that for anyone either, which is exactly why he sent Jesus to the earth. Uh, all those years ago, to become a human, to die and rise again for us so that everyone could have shalom, so that everyone can have peace in God and be made right with him now. And he said to us, I'm just going to finish this, I think. He said to us, I've told you these things, in me, Jesus said, in me, you may have peace. In this world, you will have trouble. And I'm sure many of us of maybe in right now, in situations when, like Jesus said, you can't, you won't be able to see me, but I'm coming back and you will see me again. In this world, you will have trouble, but take heart, for I have overcome the world, Jesus said. Let's pray. Let's pray again. Thank you, Jesus, for coming to be with us, for dying for us. And for coming back to life to give us hope. Hope that we can be now children of your father, of you, God. Lord, bless us with that knowledge this morning. Give us that peace. Give us shalom. Whatever is going on in our lives, Lord, help us to find peace in the hope of your son. Amen. We're going to put some questions up on the screen just to give us a bit more time to kind of explore the idea of peace. In which ways have you tried to find shalom or peace in your life? are you lacking peace right now how could the hope jesus offers bring you any sense of peace explore Jesus as a gift of peace a bit more.
1: Okay, I hope you found I hope you found that sermon useful this morning as we were thinking about peace. So if you've got any questions from the sermon, anything you want to explore a bit more about, remember there's that email address, got questions at holybaptist.org. Okay, so um I've asked if We could have that slide about mental health and young people shown. So that survey then, mental health, they found that 18% of children aged between 7 and 16 have a probable mental disorder. So the young people that you can see here before you, sometimes they struggle as well with different things. it's good for us just to remember our young people. And although they all look calm and serene at the moment, um, sometimes they struggle with anxiety and different things. Um, So if you want to pray for our young people, just pray that they would get the help and the support that they all need. And it's always good to be part of a group like this because we can support each other and learn what it is to have that relationship with God that can help us quite often overcome our difficulties. Okay, so again, during the week we um did some filming and there's now a prayer video. It's the same prayer that they're using downstairs, except for Our prayer is done by the young people. We enter into this sacred season with a sense of longing,
0: awaiting the arrival of your Son, our Saviour, Jesus Christ. In the midst of the busyness of this season, help us to quiet our hearts and minds that we may be attentive to the true meaning of Advent.
2: Come, Lord Jesus, come.
1: May we be filled with the joy of anticipation as we reflect to celebrate the birth of Jesus and eagerly await his second coming. Lord, in this season of waiting, may our hearts be open to the light of, of your love. Illuminate the paths of our lives with the glow of your presence, guiding us in the way of righteousness and peace.
2: Come. On. Lord
0: Jesus, come. Grant us the patience to wait with hope, the courage to embrace your promises, and the wisdom, wisdom to recognise the signs of your coming. May we be reminded of the increasing brightness of your light in our lives and in the world. As we embark on this journey of Advent, may we be inspired to live lives of love, generosity and compassion, where the hope, peace, joy and love of this season of our hearts and overflow into the lives of those around us.
2: Come, Lord Jesus, come.
0: We offer this prayer in the
1: name of Jesus Christ, who is the light of our world and the source of our hope.
2: Amen.
1: okay welcome back so you'll be pleased to know we're coming to the end of this and at this time when it gets really busy uh, with all sorts of christmas things and don't forget to um, take a look at all the different christmas activities that there are going on at holy baptist church during the course of this advent I thought it would be good for us to finish on that song, Adore, because what our focus should be at Christmas is Jesus. And so this song just reminds us that we need to come and adore him because he was willing to come to this earth for us so that we could have a relationship with God. So as we finish, I hope you'll enjoy this song. to wish you a peaceful rest of Advent. So, one, two, three. Bye. Bye. Bye.
0: Bye. Bye. <laughs> That was today's episode of the Holy Baptist Church podcast. We hope it's prompted you to want to follow Jesus, hopefully a lot, but even just a little bit more closely. If you have any questions about what you've heard in today's episode or you want to know more about what it means to follow Jesus, you can email us, gotquestions at holybaptist.org.uk. We'd love to hear from you. It would really make our day. If you want to hear more from us, just a reminder, you can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts and you can download the Holy Baptist Church app from the Apple App Store or Google Play to hear it as well. Simply search Holy Baptist Church. Thank you again for listening to Holy Baptist Church Podcast. We pray God will bless you and we'll see you next time.